Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone. On today's episode of the Queen of Hearts podcast, I'm going to be talking about a topic that I get a lot of questions about, and that has to do with carbohydrates. I get many questions like this. Is it okay to eat carbs? Which carbs are good to eat? How many carbs can I eat? But probably the most popular question I get is, will carbs make me gain weight? Um, So what I'd like to do in this episode of uh, clearing up the carb confusion in part one, I'm going to go through the difference between healthy carbs and the not as healthy carbs, talk about um, how carbs affect our overall health a little bit, and then go through the research on carbs. And then in part two of clearing up the carb confusion, that's where I'll really kind of dive deep down into um, the carbs. So we'll really go through which ones we definitely should be staying away away from the carbs that we should be eating on a daily basis, and then really going over the amounts of them as well. Okay, so there is quite a bit of confusion about carbohydrates, and I can kind of see that. I mean, there's even conflicting opinions from experts in the medical field on that as well. I think if I wasn't in the nutrition field, I'd be pretty darn confused too. But I think the biggest problem um that uh, is happening with carbohydrates is that we are putting all the carbohydrate foods really in the same category. And really, not all carbs are created equal. I would have thought we'd learn this lesson from the big fat fiasco back in the 1990s, right? Remember the low-fat and the fat-free foods that were out? A lot of people would cut out um, fat, and then they would eat more of um, the white starchy foods or things with more sugar in them, and that just created a whole different problem, okay? So kind of same thing here like with the fats. We learned that some fats are healthy, and it's okay to to eat them and there's others we should maybe be a little bit more careful with. So same thing with the carbohydrates. There's a world of difference between healthy carbohydrate foods like vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, and the not as healthy carbs like donuts, candies, cookies, and soda, okay? A lot of this has to do with the quality of the carbohydrates that we're taking in. So um, foods like um, the healthy carbohydrate foods that have fiber in them that I mentioned before, the vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, because of their fiber content, these foods break down much more slowly in our body, right? Our body has to work a little bit harder to break them down. So your blood sugar will go up a little bit. Um, It plateaus for a longer period of time. um, And then it Uh, goes down a little bit more slowly as well. You compare that to a carbohydrate food without any fiber in it, and what will happen in this case is your blood sugars are going to shoot straight up within about 15 to 30 minutes. They plateau really, really shortly, and then your blood sugar levels are going to come crashing down on you, and often they can go lower than where you started from. And this is especially true if you don't have any protein or some fat at the meal to kind of slow that process down. Um, So the quality here is really, really important um, with carbohydrates. So if there's one kernel of truth I think we've learned from the low-carb diets over the past 20 years, it's that none of us should be eating large amounts of the processed carbs, like things with added sugars and uh, the refined white starchy foods. So it's important we're separating processed carbs 
carbs from the unprocessed carbs. Not all carbs are the dietary villains, okay? So let's just talk real briefly about why we maybe even need carbs. Um, So some people may disagree, but really our body um, uses glucose, which we get mainly from carbohydrates. Um, It uses that as its main source of energy. Your brain and your central nervous system and your red blood cells all rely very heavily on glucose. Okay. We also have the ability in our body to store extra glucose, so your body will use up what it needs, and then it will store um, more of it in the form of glycogen in your muscles and then also in your liver. After that, if we really are eating too much extra, which really isn't good, so I'm talking about eating a sensible amount of carbs, not excessive amounts, but if we really did eat more than that, then certainly any extra is going to get stored as fat. But that is true if you ate too many calories from protein or too many calories from fat as well. The other reason to make sure we do get enough carbohydrates in is because it really helps spare using protein as an energy source. You never want to break down your muscles to get energy. You always want to preserve that lean muscle mass um, because that helps keep your resting metabolic rate up there. Um, So sometimes when people go really low in carbs, um, you will start to burn fat, certainly, but your body won't let you burn off all your fat stores because it's built for survival. So then it will start to go to your muscles and breaking those down for energy. And again, you don't want that happening. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the nutrition research that's out there that has to do um, with carbs. And overall, nutrition research is very challenging. It's It's um, gold standard is to do long-term randomized controlled trials. This is really difficult and expensive to do, period, but to do it with nutrition research is even harder because it involves food, right? Um, so often um, what we're left with then is we're getting smaller sample sizes for studies. Um, in nutrition research, it's hard to control for a lot of the confounding variables that are in there too, um, like exercise and medications and various health conditions people have. You know, people have different genetic differences, too, um, with how they might respond to, you know, carbohydrates, fat, and proteins and studies. Um, Another big issue is, especially with weight loss studies, often the results are averaged. So you'll stick somebody on um, a low-carb eating plan, and some people will do really great on it, and other people won't lose any weight at all. And then vice versa. You may compare a low-carb diet to one that has more carbs in it, and some peop- but is lower in fat, and some people will do really great on that, and then other people won't. Um, so again, there's a lot of genetic differences here. Another thing to look at with any kind of study Um, go beyond the headline and make sure you're looking at the quality of the diet that's being studied. Um, Because often I've seen um, two diets being compared, but then the quality is not on par between the two diets. So that can be an issue too when you're trying to compare the two, okay? Okay. 
Also, you want to look at, if you're looking at low-carb studies, um, there's many different definitions for what that means. So is it a modified low-carb, which means less than 40% of your calories for carbs? Is it stricter? Does it go even lower, like less than 20%? Is it really, really low in carbs, um, like less than 20 grams per day, like Atkins? You know, so you want to make sure you're really kind of um, understanding what they're considering low-carb as well, okay? Now, if we look at the research, on low-carb diets and how that affects weight loss, pretty much almost guaranteed what you'll always, always see in the first three to six months, you will see awesome results. People will lose quite a bit of weight. Their waist circumference goes down. Their lipids look better. Fasting glucose goes down, right? Lots of great stuff happening. Part of this weight loss does have to do with losing um, quite a bit of water weight in the first week or two. And keep in mind, I mentioned that glycogen before that gets stored in your liver and muscles. Um, For every gram of glycogen that gets stored, three grams of water gets stored along with that, okay? So imagine you go on a low-carb diet and you really go, you just go really low your body will burn off your glycogen stores, right? It's going to start getting rid of that because you're not taking in any extra carbs. So as it breaks down that glycogen, you're just shedding a ton of weight in there as well. Um, So you're getting rid of a lot of water weight. But now after the first three to six months, kind of going back to that, what we often see and Keep in mind, a lot of studies don't even go past six months um, with low carb. But when they do, what's often seen is that the results aren't quite as good long term. Okay, we don't know why this is. Do people just get tired of eating this way? Is it too restrictive for them? It's also very possible that the body just adapts to this new kind of lifestyle um, you've been practicing. Okay, um, there's a study I want to mention. It's called the Pounds Lost Trial. This one actually went longer. It's it was a two year head to head trial, and it compared four different eating healthy eating plans of different macronutrient levels, okay? So they varied the carbs, the protein, and the fat. It had over 800 overweight and obese participants in it, and they checked outcomes at six months and then again at two years. And what they found in this study is that it didn't really matter which eating plan people went on. The results looked the same for weight loss, waist circumference, um, their cardiac risk factors, and their satiety levels, how full they felt. Didn't matter which one they did as long as they kept calorie sensible, okay? So that's a very important point there. Um, There are some other studies to mention if we look at low carb and how it affects weight loss, and then we add in the cardiac disease risk factors in there. Um, There was a meta-analysis done on 17 studies. Uh, with over 1,100 obese patients in it. And again, you see really great things that I mentioned before. Weight loss, um, decrease in waist circumference, blood pressure going down, triglycerides you know, go down, your HDL level goes up, your fasting glucose goes down. Um, that study pointed out, yes, good short-term effects, but we still don't know what's kind of happening long-term, okay? Um, now, if we look at another study that had to do with low-carbon heart disease, one that was done much longer term, a 20-year prospective study, and it was part of the Nurses' Health Study. It had over 82,000 women in it. Um, This one was interesting because um, uh, when they looked at people who followed low-carb, as long as your um, sources of fat and protein 
came from plant-based foods, there was a 30% reduced risk of heart disease and a 20% reduced risk of diabetes compared to the women who did eat high-carb, low-fat. But there's a caveat here, okay? The women who did low-carb, but they got in most of their fat and protein from animal foods, they did not see a reduced risk of heart disease or diabetes, okay? So if you are going to cut back on carbs, um, take a look at what you're um, substituting in there. Make sure you're getting enough of the plant-based foods in there, okay? Um, another one to mention, compared low-carb with the Mediterranean diet and also compared it to a low-fat diet and how that affected weight and uh, cardiac risk factors. So this one was a smaller study, and it was done over in Israel, over 300 obese individuals, and they did this at a workplace. It did go about two years, though. So over the two years, people who did low-fat lost 7 pounds. Uh, Mediterranean diet, they lost 10 pounds, and low-carb, they lost uh, 12 pounds. Waist circumference, blood pressure dropped in all of the different groups. They did see differences, however, when it came to um, triglycerides and some of the cholesterol numbers. Um, but important things to point out in this study, um, people who had diabetes um, did better on the Mediterranean diet versus low carb. They had better blood sugar control on that one. And then women did better on the Mediterranean diet. So I found that kind of fascinating in there as well. My guess is it had something to do with the fiber that was in there, which leads me to plant-based diets. So low-carb is not the only way to lose weight. Often many um, plant-based eating plans can do that as well. Um, in fact, the only eating plan that's been found also to stop and reverse cardiovascular disease, if that's your main goal, you, know, you might want to look at um, low-fat, whole foods, plant-based eating plans, something similar to forks over knives, okay? Um, and we're the, we don't fully know why this is, but again, these whole foods um, are more of the... Uh, vegetarian or plant, mostly plant-based eating plans, they are higher in carbohydrates compared, certainly compared to low carb, right? It's kind of the opposite part of the spectrum, but yet people are able to lose weight on them and their hearts are uh, uh, often much um, better in the end, certainly long term. So we think it maybe has something to do with all the fiber. And fiber is food for the healthy bacteria, and that means it's creating um, a healthy microbiome, and that in turn is exerting effects on the rest of your body, okay? We could also look to things like blue zones, if you've never looked into that. These are... Um, Pockets of the world where there are large groups of people who are living longer with a higher quality of life, they tend to follow mostly plant-based eating plans. And if they do eat animal foods, it's in really small amounts. Um, and believe it or not, there's a group of Blue Zones here in the United States. It's in Loma Linda, California, and they're the Seventh-day Adventists. Um, so they live in this community out there, and they tend to outlive the average American by 10 years. So they have lower BMIs, lower rates of high blood pressure, lower rates of cholesterol, heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and cancer. Again, they're mostly vegetarian. They eat pretty darn close to a Mediterranean-type diet. Um, they tend to not smoke, though, and they also don't take in a whole lot of caffeine and alcohol. They also tend to get in more physical activity than the average American does as well. Um, but anyway, um, 
uh, kind of something to consider there. And then two last um, studies to just kind of mention that have to do with low carb and mortality, because there's been a couple of them with their results coming out in the last couple years. Um, one of them had to do with... Um, Let's see, uh, the NHANES data, and then um, this was from the August 2018 European Heart Journal. So they had 24,000 participants, and then they pooled it um, and to look at a larger group of people. So it was over 400,000 participants. People were followed for 15 years. They found that those who followed a low-carb diet were 50% more likely to die of cardiovascular disease. Um, there was a 32% higher risk of all-cause mortality and a 35% higher risk of cancer. And then the other, there's another study. This was um, in the Lancet Public Health in September 2018. Um, they found here as well, if you either did low carbs, so less than 40% of your calories from carbs, or very high carb, greater than 70% of your calories, both were linked to an early death. This was done on 15,000 U.S. adults, and they followed them for 25 years. Lowest mortality rate was with 50 to 55% of calories from carbs and healthy carbs, right? So the people who did low carb, though, if they had... Um, if their fat and protein, again, were from animal foods, it was associated with higher mortality. But if their carbs came, their fat and protein, excuse me, came from more plant-based foods, they had lower mortality rates. Okay. So there's uh, what I wanted to talk about today. In part two, again, we'll go through um, kind of more uh, reviewing actual foods um, to eat and ones to stay away from. All right. So that's it for this um, latest episode of the Queen of hearts. Until next time, be the ruler of your own heart. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart healthy tips, info, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.karenyancecenter.org. Like us on Facebook at Karen Yance Center and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, ladies, be ruler of your own heart.